Sometimes the word meditation scares people. It's not a word that we talk a lot about in the church, or at least in my experience, but it is a skill that is so necessary in order to really hone in on what God is speaking in our lives. Meditating on God's word is one of the most important tools we have. And so this week we're going to be talking about how to exercise the spiritual muscle of meditation. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org. And for a limited time, I'm offering all of my podcast listeners a special discount of 20% off. You can use the discount code hearing Jesus. That's one word, all caps, to get your discount. There are also some free videos and a leader's guide for you to get started. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are starting our brand new series. We introduced it last week. It's going to be on the spiritual disciplines. And if you are not familiar with spiritual disciplines, basically it's almost like different muscles that we can exercise to help produce a greater sense of spiritual health. And so the ones that we're going to start with are the inward disciplines. And the inward, by inward, I mean they're within your own spirit, mind, heart, those kinds of things. And so we're going to be talking about meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. And then later we'll get more into the external disciplines, um, like service and, and things like that. So today we are starting with the biblical spiritual discipline of meditation. 
And I don't know if you're like me, I did not experience a lot of teaching on biblical meditation within the church. It just wasn't something, it wasn't even a word that was mentioned. And so I always kind of avoided that word. I kind of felt like it was maybe kind of a little woo-woo or just part of other Eastern religions. And so I never really pursued this idea of biblical meditation. But contrary to that, we see that word a lot in scripture. And so I'm going to read for you from the Psalms, and then we're going to kind of get into this idea of biblical meditation and and understand what it truly is. So I'm going to start in Psalm 119, and this is going to be verses 97 through 104, and I'm reading from the NIV. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from evil path, so I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Now I'm going to read it again, and again, this is Psalm 119, and we're just reading a small portion of it. It's 97 through 104. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible, and it's actually, if you've not studied it, it's worth studying, but it's actually set up as, I can't remember the name of what they call it, but it's like done through the alphabet. So there's a, a stance for A, all doing the... the uh, Hebrew alphabet, but A has has a section, B has a section, C has a section. So it goes through the whole alphabet. And so it is pretty long, but there's a lot of just wisdom in there. If you ever get the chance to take, take the time to study it, maybe do the color method on it that I taught you through the She Hears Bible study. So I'm going to read it again. Um, I wanted to read it the first time because a lot of the versions, NIV included, actually says that word meditate. But because we are talking about meditation and it's something that not a lot of people are familiar with, I'm going to read it again from the Passion Translation. And I like that translation when I am studying just because it helps me understand things in a little bit more clear way. So I always start with usually the NASB for study, but then I also read the Passion Translation or or several other paraphrase translations when I'm starting to really try to get my mind and heart wrapped around what something is saying. So again, starting in verse 97, it says, Oh, how I love and treasure your law. Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. By considering your commands, I have an edge over my enemies, for I take seriously everything you say. You have given me more understanding than those who teach me, for I have absorbed your eye-opening revelation. You have graced me with more insight than the old sages, because I have not failed to walk in the light of your ways. I refused to bend my morals when temptation was before me, so that I could become obedient to your word. I refuse to turn away from difficult truths, for you yourself have taught me to love your words. How sweet are your living promises to me sweeter than honey is your revelation light for your truth is the source of my understanding not the falsehoods of those who don't know you which i despise and so when we're talking about biblical meditation we're really talking about this idea of focusing on god's word and thinking on it and then also this dialogue that happens back and forth through that process I want to read a quote that I 
think is really, um, it was written a long time ago, but it was, it's something that I think really summarizes the reason why we have some issues with this. It says in contemporary society, our adversary, meaning our adversary is the enemy, majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, he will rest satisfied. I'm pretty sure that's Carl Jung. So if you think about um, one of the tactics of the enemy that he uses with believers, you know, most believers are not out at the bars. They're not out, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. They're trying to live their lives to please the Lord. And what that means is the enemy gets a little bit more crafty as far as the ways that he tries to distract you. And so he knows you're not going to intentionally outright go necessarily and sin, but he does know that he can be effective when he makes you too busy for God or too busy to pursue God's word. So noise, hurry, and crowds are some of the things that he uses. And I will say maybe crowds is, hasn't aged well because I guess we are starting to get more into crowds lately. But over the last couple of years, crowds, for me, that also means things like social media. You know, people can get so entrenched. They're spending hours on social media, but they haven't read their Bible or they haven't spent any time meditating on God's word. It's another distraction. So there's not a whole lot of books or resources or sermons on this, um, but I don't necessarily think that we need them. I think we can look at scripture and get a pretty good idea of what biblical meditation means. And just so we're clear, I want to reiterate, we are not talking about Eastern meditation. It's not new age and candles and crystals and all that kind of garbage. Eastern meditation is an attempt to empty the mind. Christian meditation is an attempt to fill the mind with God's spirit and God's word. So they're radically different ideas. Eastern meditation would emphasize detaching from the world, whereas Christian meditation emphasizes attaching to God, which then allows us definitely to detach from the chaos of the world. But these are opposite ends of the spectrum. And so that word meditation kind of gets lumped into some of that stuff. And I just want to make it clear that that is not what we're talking about. So meditating on the word of God, it's really just honing the skill, this ability to hear God's voice and then obey what he says. So there's no crystals or mantras or candles or any of that kind of stuff. The goal is just to hear from God more clearly. And so I know that sounds vague. And if you're like me, you still might be a little bit like, okay, well, how do I actually do that? We're going to look at some things in scripture. Um, I want you to know that this is mentioned 58 times in God's word. And we're going to go through some of that today. But there's actually two different Hebrew words that are used to, to convey this idea of meditation. And we're going to get into that. But the meanings are similar and they encompass a similar skill. So sometimes it means listening to God's word. Sometimes it means reflecting on God's works, the things that he's done. Sometimes it means rehearsing God's deeds, so the things that he's done throughout your life, rehearsing that. And it also means ruminating on God's law. And so the changed behavior is a result of that encounter with the living God that happens when we're in this posture of meditation. And so repentance and obedience are two essential elements of this biblical understanding of meditation. 
And in case I haven't said it before, or you haven't heard the previous podcast uh, week, I just want to make it clear that I'm loosely basing a lot of this stuff off of the book by Richard Foster. And there's been lots of books written um, in this area about spiritual disciplines, but I'm using that framework that he has where he just kind of lists out the disciplines as a jumping off point. And these are not all of the disciplines. There's lots of other books, which we might get into down the road of different ways that different disciplines can work and function in our lives. For me, rest is sometimes a discipline, but um, these main ones we're going to stick with. I'm getting this list from Richard Foster. So what I want to do now is go through a couple scriptures and show you different ways that um, these definitions we see come into play. So you can not just take my word for it. You can hear the scriptures. So talking about Isaac in Genesis 24, verse 63, it says, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. In Psalm 63, verse six, I think of thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the watches of the night. That obviously is King James. And sometimes in the King James, you'll see the word meditate. Sometimes in the newer versions, you'll see a different word or they'll explain the word meditation. And I think that's part of the reason why we don't see a lot of teaching on it. Because if you're using a newer version, it doesn't always say the word meditate. But the Psalms really are just throughout the Psalms. You just see meditations of the people of God meditating on the law of God. Psalm 19, which is a different verse than what we read earlier. It says, my eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate upon thy promise. Psalm 1, starting off very early on, verse 2, it says the psalm, um, it, it, this one basically introduces the whole Psalter and it calls all of the people, the Psalter, if you don't know, um, that's when we talk about the psalm, it's referring to the Psalter when we're talking, we're not talking about just Psalms, you know, all of the books, 66 books of the Bible all have different kinds of genres and things, but the Psalter was what, um, really was scripture for a lot of people. Jesus quoted the Psalms throughout his ministry. And so that is referred to as the Psalter. It's, it's the book itself. But anyway, it's a call for all people really to meditate on um, the words it uses is the blessed man who, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. So even at the very onset of Psalms, um, it's, it's setting it up for what is the reason why we use the Psalms? Well, one of the reasons is, is it, we use it to meditate on God and who he is and what he's done. So in first Samuel, uh, chapter three, uh, chapter one, I'm sorry, chapter three, the whole first 18 verses is all about this, but it's that old priest Eli and he, he knew how to listen to God. And then it's the story of how he helped the young boy Samuel to know the word of the Lord. Um, in first Kings chapter 19, we see Elijah and he's spending lots of days and nights in the wilderness, learning to discern that still small voice of Yahweh. And so in Isaiah, we have in chapter six, Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up and he heard his voice saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then in Jeremiah uh, chapter 20, Jeremiah discovers the word of God to be a burning fire shut up in my bones. And so we see these different ways that that are giving us a picture of understanding how to hear the voice of the Lord through his word. And the thing that I want to make sure that is really clear is that these were not 
people that were just unlike who we are today. Now, yes, they are some of the great heroes of the faith, but these were people who were close to the heart of God and God spoke to them, not because they had these special abilities, but because they were willing to listen. And I think that's the, the, the main point for today. And as we go throughout this week, that the starting off place is being willing to listen. So many times people say to me, I don't know, I don't know how to hear from God. I don't know how you do it. Well, for starters, I'm listening. And so my question for you today is, are you listening? Because in the same way that God spoke to Elijah and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Isaac and, and David throughout the Psalms, in the same way, God longs to speak to you. The question is, are you listening? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word, the treasure of your word. Lord God, as we start to learn about meditation and meditating on your word, God, I pray that you would intervene our thought life, our hearts, our minds, our spirits in a way that makes it clear that you long to have this dialogue, this interaction, this communion, this conversation with each one of us, that there is not one of us that you don't long to have this ongoing conversation and relationship with. So Lord, I pray even right now for my friend that is listening today, that you would help them to recognize, start to recognize the ways that you are interrupting their life so that they can learn about who you are through your word. God, I thank you and I praise you in all things. Amen. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.